Hey, y'all. Welcome to Woe So Daily, a scuffed affiliate podcast. My name is Ryan. You might know me as McNulty or uh, Dr. McNulty on the Discord. Um, our lawyer friends uh, remind me I'm legally obligated to remind you I'm actually not a doctor. Um, I do work in sports medicine uh, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin at the college level. I'm not a professional writer. I'm not a professional podcaster. Um, I just love women's soccer. What we're looking to do here with Woe So Daily is kind of just give you a 5, 10, 15 minute overview of what's coming up in the next day, what we saw the previous day at the World Cup, and just get a feel for what's going on in the world of women's soccer at the World Cup. Since this is the first episode, I kind of want to do a brief high-level recap of what I'm looking forward to at this tournament, the handful of favorites I think we're looking at, and then just dive right into the games starting tomorrow morning because that's how the World Cup's going to be. Your sleep schedule will have to be adjusted or you're going to get really good at DVR, YouTube TV, what have you. I think just high level to start, I think we're going to bring this from a global perspective, um, but with an American voice. And I think it'd be weird not to acknowledge the fact that uh, the U.S. women's team is the betting favorite. Now, there's a lot of varying levels of enthusiasm uh, in our, our Discord about how we think the team looks coming into the tournament. I've been among the more negative, I think, about how the roster's been constructed, what the team's form looks like coming in. But after you know, spending some time digging into what the rest of the field looks like, I have them winning it. I think the you know betting favorites are the U.S., England is up there. I think most dangerous team outside of the U.S. is Germany. You know, England has their injury issues. France has their FA issues. Spain has their issues with the Fed. A lot of the teams that I think would be more dangerous, you know, your Canada's, even Australia to some level is having issues with their federation that we are hopefully mostly passed as an organization. And I think the, the one advantage that the U.S. women's soccer team has over a large portion of the world is just that we've been doing this for longer and taking it seriously for longer. That talent advantage is slowly, it's at this point, it's rapidly declining. Um, the rest of the world is catching up. You hear this everywhere. You hear the World Cup being talked about. The world's catching up. But we're still up there for a reason. We have a lot of different cultural and social advantages that let this team take a flying head start and the rest of the world is just starting to catch up. I mean, Italy just had their first professional season. You think about countries like Argentina that would next, or that would just come off of a men's world cup title and they've barely been a factor in the women's global game. So I think if you're looking at the, the big picture, I think the U S England, Germany, France, the team I'm most excited to see this year is Brazil. I have them going to the final, and I would not be surprised if they're the ones at the end of the day holding the trophy. Only one team has Marta, and even though she's not young anymore, she's on her way out, she's still a Marta, and they have not gotten her a title of any kind uh, in her, her career, and this is her last chance. And you look at the Brazilian talent in just our domestic league. You've got Caroline, Bruninha. 
I could just sit here and list the rest of the roster because they're so stacked. But I think they're my team that if I had to put money down, I'd put money on Brazil. I think that's where I'm going to leave the high-level stuff. As for the opening day, the hosts are going to get the spotlight for the opening day of the World Cup. You got New Zealand and Norway and Australia against Ireland. I think of the two teams, it's not surprising to say Australia is the stronger of the two hosts. You look at uh, Australia's roster compared to New Zealand, and it's not surprising why Australia are considered among the betting favorites and New Zealand would be a shock to get out of the group stage. This is New Zealand's sixth World Cup, and they're still looking for their first win in the tournament. I think they got a pretty good draw in terms of they I think they have the weakest of the top teams. Uh, Norway has a lot of talent. We'll look at them a little bit deeper in a little bit. Uh, But in terms of the top talent in the group, I think their defense makes them really suspect in the long run. And if any of the, the top teams would slip up, I think it would be Norway just because of their lack of defensive strength. Looking at New Zealand specifically, I think the, the main focus is always Allie Riley, Angel City defender. He's been the captain over 150 caps. You know, she's the, the heart and soul of the team this summer. <laughs> we saw what they can do when the U.S. played them over the summer. And going forward, it's not a heck of a lot. They're not a particularly dynamic team in the attack, um, but they are very organized defensively. Uh, they're a tough team. They play well-organized when they get in their base, but you can hit them on the counter and punish them when they do slip up, which getting into what we're going to see tomorrow morning, I think Norway has the talent to do exactly that. New Zealand doesn't have the attacking threat to make a team like Norway have to rely on their defense. Not to say that they don't have any talent. Um, Melja from Chelsea is a talented player, but the strength of their team uh, that being Norway, is in their attack. They've got Carolyn Graham Hansen, Ada Hergerberg, right hand over at Chelsea as well. Realistically, this should not be a very competitive game. The only thing that the hosts have going for them, I think, is that they're the host and they're going to have the crowd behind them. And if you're going to sit back and try to organize and try to bunker, I think the, the advantage might sway their way. I'm not big into predictions. I don't like predictions. I don't like doing them. But the odds in this game are not favoring New Zealand. I did actually predict a draw in this game um, in our, one of our uh, group contests just because I think it would be fun. Um, if I'm putting money down, I'm not putting it on New Zealand. But just hoping that we'll have um, a good start. They can stay organized and try to at least slow down Norway's attack. Uh, the second game of the day, the other host, Australia, be taking on Ireland. Australia is a good team. We know that. Fourth in the Olympics last time around. Don't have to look much farther down the roster than Sam Kerr to realize why they're dangerous. But looking farther down their line, they're strong in every phase of the game. uh, Sam Kerr, top obviously, but Mary Fowler, Caitlin Ford, Haley Rasso. Uh, I think their fullback combination with Steph Catley and Ellie Carpenter might be the strongest in the tournament. Obviously, Crystal Dunn and Emily Fox have something to say about that, but you know, your, my money, Carpenter and Catley might be the best fullback combination in the tournament. This game could get ugly just in terms of the quality of play because both teams are physical. They're both strong teams. We saw the news of the 
Ireland friendly that got called off recently because it was too physical. That wasn't just Colombia. No, Ireland are a tough team. Again, attacking wise, they're not particularly strong, but they are hard in the midfield. Katie McKay about wide for them does provide a bit of a spark in the attack. But again, you know, her, uh, her strength is her strength and her bite. And we, we saw in the Olympics, the group stage game with the U.S. and Australia was one of the worst games I've ever watched. Um, if you went back to watch that, I'm sorry. Don't waste your time watching that game again. It was really ugly. And I have a feeling we're going to see a game similar to that in this opener. As talented as Australia is going forward and how strong they are in their midfield, Ireland isn't going to want to give them the time or space to play with the ball. They play compact in the back. They've got a tight midfield pair, and they're just going to make the game ugly, which is something Australia is used to doing. So I think the chances of a high-scoring game is not particularly high here. It might be ugly, but I'm looking forward to watching it. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how Australia deals with Ireland's physicality and what this game ends up looking like. I guess this is uh, the first episode of the podcast. We're not quite sure where how this is going to look going forward. But the one thing that I thought I want to leave you all with today, since we are looking at an Australia-New Zealand World Cup and Australia and New Zealand are the, the hosts and they're opening the tournament, I want to look at the uh, A-League players of the day, the Aussie League it's hard to find in the States. You got to watch it on YouTube. But one of the things I, I do during the, the regular soccer season is try to keep an eye on the American women playing internationally. And we've got a large contingent over in Australia. So I've watched a good amount of uh, Aussie League highlights and I watched most of the, uh, the knockout games in this most recent A-League tournament. I think the two players, one from each team that I want to keep an eye on would be... Uh, Hannah Wilkinson from New Zealand, one of the leading scorers in the league the last few years, put up, I think it was 20 goals this season, playing with Melbourne City. Uh, Hannah Wilkinson led the attack for Melbourne City this last year, uh, got all the way to the A-League final where they ran into Madison Haley and Sydney FC. If you're going to look for a dynamic attacker on this New Zealand team, um, I would look to Wilkinson to be that spark. Over 100 caps with the national team, this will probably be her final World Cup. And of all the Aussie League players to watch on New Zealand's roster, she'd be the one I want to take a look at. And then Australia, obviously, they have more Aussie League players than most being Australian. Um, but the one player on the team in general I'm actually really excited to see this year is Courtney Vine. She probably won't start, might not get a lot of minutes in the knockout stages if they get there got a, about a dozen caps with the national team, but she's just an electric player for Sydney FC. She and Madison Haley had a really good connection. Haley playing more centrally, Courtney Vine playing more of a wide player. I think if you're going to look for an Australian player outside of Sam Kerr to provide a spark in the, in the attack, looking forward to see Courtney Vine off the bench, see what she can do. And uh, I think that's kind of what we're looking for here in this uh, first debut episode working through the kinks, figuring out what we want to do here. But we'll be back tomorrow to review the first two games and then look forward to the next slate of games. Thanks for coming, and we'll see you tomorrow.